We live in a modern, hyper-connected world where everything is becoming smart and connected. Curious about what lies ahead and how this will impact your daily life? I'm Brett Jordan, and this is Smarter Everything, a podcast on the future of connectivity powered by a pharaoh. In part two of our first episode, once again, I'll be talking with Joe Britt, founder and CEO of Afero, and Dr. Hugh Thompson, a leader in cybersecurity globally. We'll be talking about the things that consumers need to be mindful of and how that is going to impact our daily lives. Here's our conversation. I am Hugh Thompson, managing partner at Crosspoint Capital. I'm Joe Britt, one of the co-founders and the CEO of Afero. Joe and Hugh, we live in these really crazy and fun and exciting times. So much is happening. Uh, today, I would like to talk a little bit about smart and connected things. You know, I know we've talked a lot in the past, you know, especially with you, Hugh, on cybersecurity and cyber warfare and those trends. And I believe that some of that is going to be applicable here, especially as we look at this smart and connected, hyper-connected world as it transitions from the consumer space into the enterprise space and then probably into the metro and then into the, you know, the critical infrastructure. How do consumers understand this? Like, how do they find products that can have these guarantees of security? You know, I mean, I, I hear a lot. People will say, well, I'm nobody. No one's ever going to attack me. I, nobody knows me. You know, why would they ever attack me? And then they just go and they buy whatever they can at the cheapest price possible. And, and then they deploy it in their home and they think they're fine, you know, because somewhere they said, oh, well, you know, we, you know our device is secure. Yeah. I mean, the, the big challenge is how to distill a complex risk down into a form that an average consumer can consume and understand. Uh, and it's, it's a really, it's a hard thing to do. It's kind of the wild west, you know, how do you know that something is secure? And one of the approaches that we've taken is to use third-party labs to take our stuff apart. You know, who's policing the police? Well, you know, we can't, we can't just verify uh, ourselves and say it's good and self-certify the security. We think it's really, really important to have others take apart what we've built, experts in the field take apart what we've built and opine on how secure it is. And I was just reading another article about robot vacuum cleaners, one of the most popular brands of robot vacuum cleaners. Uh, the more modern ones have cameras on them, right? Which they use for navigation in the house. Totally reasonable application. But there's a pretty high bar from a security ex expectation of the consumer that it's going to be safe to have that thing roaming around the house and looking at everything. And the reason, the reason I bring this up is because this particular article was about a bunch of photos that had somehow found their way off of one of these vacuum cleaners and onto a website. And they were of some very unsuspecting consumer in their bathroom as the vacuum was cleaning it. I think, you know, this is, this is one of the, the biggest challenges, especially until we have uh, some broadly accepted standard way of communicating to consumers what their expectation should be around security and privacy for all of these products. Joe, I, li I like how you phrase that. It's, it's you know, wh what should your expectation be? And today, I guess, fortunately for many people, they couldn't even imagine what does it mean to have a hacked light bulb or what does it mean to have any kind of you know, device that's that's out there They've never experienced anything like that firsthand. And 
usually they've never experienced a security-related personal problem. I think that's changing now with ransomware, consumer ransomware, where at least you know you're probably two degrees of separation you know, at max from someone that has had all of their photos, for example, encrypted on their laptop, and now they can't access them, and somebody's asking for payment to get it back. It's it's becoming more real because even if it hasn't happened to you, you know somebody that it's happened to. But many people can't conceptualize what would it mean or or should I even care if my light bulb was hacked? Like would it those two things don't make any sense together and until you show folks, well, actually uh hacked light bulb it's kind of a gateway into the rest of the things that you have in your home. And those things may have microphones. <laughs> those things you know, may have sensory capabilities. Or the fact that if you can get into a device that doesn't have any sensory capabilities, but it is kinetic, it might be possible for you to combine attacks. Like I've seen some fascinating proof of concept combinatorial attacks against a home where at the same time they're manipulating the HVAC system so they're making it much hotter than usual in the home and then they're taking something else that has a heating element and actually getting to a combustion event because they're combining things right the physical governor of the thing that had the heating element typically wouldn't allow it to combust but if you make its environment, you know, 105 degrees, which is not not common inside of a home, then then you can get fascinating things to happen. The average person, this is a you know, this is a story that's in a movie, or maybe they haven't even seen it in a movie. And I I think I think it's incumbent on those of us that have seen it or have you know done proof of concepts uh, in those kinds of areas. To make them accessible, to you know, allow the average person as well as a regulator to understand that these things provide great utility, but they also come with a set of risks. And here, let us make those risks real and visual for you, so at least you can understand the balance between the two. Boy, that's a that's a great use case. As as you were, I mean, just what you said is a nightmare. Uh, and and as you were explaining it, I was thinking, gosh, you know, like what if what if that happened? Uh, you had a fully smart apartment and, and somebody did what you just described and started a fire. And then they also locked all the smart locks so you couldn't get out, you know, and you're, and you're, it's a high rise apartment. So you can't get out a window either. Um, just incredible nightmare scenarios that come from these combinations of devices it, and, 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 and so strongly illustrates why it's important that the consumer's trust not be violated. They have to be secure. My neighbor, uh, she's a social media influencer, has quite a few connected products from various companies, none of the Hubspace stuff, but some other stuff. And she had some cameras in her baby's room that she had them on there so she could watch her baby, you know, and go in and check on them. Because, you know, once you're a parent, you never wake a sleeping baby and opening the door might constitute waking the baby. And so it's really convenient to have a camera that you can just turn on real quick and say, okay, they're, you know, they're still good. They're not wrapped up in their blanket or something like that. 
But, you know, this two-year-old son started complaining about going to sleep every night, you know, that there was a boogeyman in the closet. And, you know, they talked with their pediatrician about it. And they said, oh, well, this night terrors and things like this, this is ter- perfectly normal. You know, it's just a phase. Most kids go through this and, you know, it'll, you know, it'll subside in a couple months. Months and months and months and months go by and there's still this issue. And now the child won't want to go to bed, doesn't want to be in the room ever alone. And then come to find out there, uh, someone had compromised, a, a man had compromised the camera and had been watching and talking to their child all night long. And it's things like this that just curdle your blood. And we're in this technology space and you know we're in this security space. And like we need to figure out a way to help these things be more secure and then also help customers and the consumers be able to have some level of confidence that if they buy something, it they're not going to be in that situation. I mean, because as a parent, that's just traumatic. You know, I've, I've had, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we've, we've got five kids. So you can imagine we've gone through many, many different types of baby monitors <laughs> over the years. And ha- having seen some, uh, some very challenging things with, uh, with some early internet-connected devices, we opted almost always to go with an RF kind of a monitor. And what was quite fascinating, it happened to us two different times, I want to say maybe five years apart. It wasn't as as scary as a scenario that you're talking about, which is just terrifying, but it was just a collision on the frequency. And what would happen in the middle of the night, and I I didn't realize it for you know weeks and weeks into it happening in my son's room, he would have the scenario you're talking about. Somebody's talking to him through the camera and it wasn't, again, purposeful or intentful. It was just a collision on a frequency. And he would wake up and he would tell us the strangest things like, you know, hey, you know, people, people, who's, who's talking to me is the person here again tonight is the you know, just things that you just had no concept because you, you that, that wasn't something that naturally would cross your mind. But it was incredibly troubling. There wasn't a, a conscious, malicious act, but yet it had impact. And I think that's the other fascinating thing about connected devices. You know, amazing potential upside, incredible. But on the downside, it may not even be somebody intentfully going after you as an individual, or even having any ill intent, it could just be the fact that there's something accidental that causes a behavior that you never wanted, you never expected. And I would say, Brett, to your point earlier, and I've heard that argument so many times that, geez, who's going to go after me, right? Like, they they got a lot of other people to go after. Like, I'm, I'm pretty low down the list. Like, why, why, why should I worry about this stuff? I don't think many people realize how automated and systematized these attacker groups have become. It, it's, it's incredible. The economies of scale that they have, it's almost like they operate their cybercrime enterprise just like a company. They've got a marketing department. They've got an IT department, which is looking for the problems. And then they've got, you know, the, the folks that are experts at communication putting just the right things in the emails or the messages or the, and the scale 
is so profound that they can cast the net very, very wide. Uh, and it, it really isn't a matter of, you know, are you an interesting person or not? You just happen to have some vulnerability, either in a device or, you know, a computer or an application that you were using, and you got caught up as part of a widespread, let me just throw the net wide and, and see who see who I can get. And that that that's a concept that I don't think a, a lot of folks have internalized. It's just the scale of some of these. You attacks. um yeah, you reminded me of the classic Mirai botnet attack in telling that story. This was where millions of cameras were hacked uh, and and misused because in their manufacturing process, not only was no thought given to security, but no thought was even given to the hazards of all of those cameras having the same administrator name and password. And, and, and so this was not unique to one manufacturer, by the way. I mean, many, many different brands of cameras um, had this vulnerability and it became this, this sleeping army that was marshaled by, you know, one, one group with, with one program. And that is an enormous hazard for all of this stuff. Uh, if, if, if forethought into security is not put in just for the, the safety of the, the user at home, it expands out geometrically across the entire population of devices um, when they're when they're all harnessed together uh, and, and used for um, used for bad purposes, super scary stuff. I agree. And you know, just just uh, right to hit on something you alluded to, you know, at the very very beginning of this, when it comes down to connected devices, you do have this this you know utility sort of risk trade off, and it's it's good to. It's good to, for especially for those of us that live on the, and think about the security side all the time. Think about the utility part too, and how much that really has changed our lives in positive way. That you know you don't often get a chance to sit back and reflect on, like for children, for example, the kind of technology that they have now that can go in the crib can kind of monitor the baby and how are they sleeping are they are they in the right position you know people are obviously terrified about certain things especially in the first few months of life the kinds of technology that they have now to allow you to monitor that child to to care for them in a more fulsome way is incredible and, you know, I think about, we said at this precipice that so many areas of our lives, so many areas of humanity could just markedly improve if we had a trust of the devices and also those devices were put to good use at scale. It's profound. It's, it's profound and super exciting. Yeah. I mean, just really, really interesting stuff. I mean, Obviously, this is a has been a little bit of a darker, you know, scarier topic, you know, and but I think it's important for consumers to be able to understand, like, what do these products mean, and what does it mean for them in their lives and for their home, and you know, what kind of things do they need to be at least mindful of or be able to ask the right questions, uh, and, you know, in a future uh, podcast episode, we'll have uh, Waylon Grange uh, come and talk. You know, he's former agency. 
He worked at Symantec and did a lot of the investigation on the original uh, Dragonfly attack. And so we'll go into that in, in a future topic, you know, kind of like the Mirai botnet that uh, Joe was talking about. Yeah, it, it's interesting. This conversation, we definitely went down some of the darker paths. But I think it's important, to, like you were talking about, to, to get the full perspective. I mean, ultimately, all of these things are just tools. And humans are fundamentally tool makers, right? And any tool, any technology can be used for good or for evil. And we didn't we didn't spend that much time talking about all the the good that comes from these things, but but my gosh, man, I mean that's why people buy them and put them in their house, right? Because it's it's something that enables their kids or visitors to the house, or if they have an Airbnb, monitoring and and remotely controlling things like the door lock, you know, on the on the, the building. These are these are incredible sources of convenience for people, and they're time savers and they're enablers. I mean, they also you know there are many people who um, who have uh, some disability that are able to have command and control over their home that they wouldn't have any other way just because they can talk to the house and have it respond. So I think it is important to always keep in mind that any technology can be used for good or evil. And it's it's up to the, the creators, uh, the developers, and the deployers of that technology to keep that in mind and make sure that they're taking uh, the best measures possible to protect the users from unintended applications uh, of this stuff. Yeah, that's exactly where I was wanting to go next is, you know, what are the really cool things that people want to do? What is this technology going to look like in the next 12 months? How is this going to make our lives better? You know, I know like to your examples, you know, I have some friends, you know, they have a cabin and they use these smart and connected devices to monitor their cabin when they're away. Not so much because a burglar is going to come in, but there might be a raccoon or a small bear, um, or there might be a water leak, and you know they don't want to wait six months and then go up there and have you know this massive you know cleanup to do. And so I think there's a lot of really great things that this technology is going to offer, and I think honestly it's going to make our lives better. Uh, but it I think it's a balance. Like we need to help everybody understand what is the risk, but then also what is the really cool things. And so maybe each one of you could talk a little bit about what you see as the really good things about all this technology and where do you think it's going to go over the next 12 months? In many of these cases, I can speak for myself, I don't even really understand how profoundly positive the benefit can be until I've actually tried it. And then there's some things that I've just become very, very dependent on because they've given me either joy and delight or, or frankly, comfort like safety comfort, you know, the fact that, as you say, <laughs> that I can check on the house, that I can check that the doors are locked, that I can check on my kids, massive improvement, not, not just for the safety of them, but for my willingness to give them when they're very young, additional just room to run and explore and be creative and it's it's amazing how if you have the feeling of safety, the feeling of security, which which I get through some of the security technologies that we have in the house, it can be very liberating, right? And and that's 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 the stuff that I personally am, am most excited about. As you can tell, I'm very very child focused, uh, just given given the volume uh, volume of them. And in the next twelve months, geez. 
you know, that sounds like a pretty short period of time, but at the pace that things are going, who knows how much more connected and what even a measure of connectivity of somebody's personal life uh, really looks like. But that'll continue to increase. Like as we as we all sit here right now and and you know have this discussion, it's coming up on the holidays. You know there are lots of gift giving and exchanges and you know and I bet if you kind of went through each of those items, the number of them that either need to be connected could be connected. You know it's possible for them to be connected as a percentage is amazing and. You fast forward and go a year from now, it's, you know, that curve is going to continue to go exponential. And I think it's, 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 it's just going to be a discovery process of which of those things really should be connected. Are they bringing true joy, utility, safety, you know, betterment to, to your family, to your community, to society? But it's it's a very cool feeling out period, I would say, for the family and and for society around how connected can we be and how connected should we be. I have a couple of thoughts. One, I think over the next 12 months, I, I do believe we're at the beginning of this exponential growth of this space, just looking at the number of products that are available and the number of manufacturers that are adopting these technologies and so one of the things that is, is really exciting for me is all the good that can come from this. People being able to do things they were never able to do before. And, and, and the, the form of, of doing things they've never been able to do before, there's multiple forms, right? There's, there's things that he was talking about, like, did I lock the door? Did I turn off the oven? Everybody has had these feelings, right? So being able to just sort of at a glance or with a word cause those concerns to go away I mean, if you think collectively of hundreds of millions of people you know, losing that, that level of worry alone, like you just, the, you know, the noise floor goes down in your brain. But then I also think about the, the convenience factor, you know, your, your kid comes home and he's locked out and there's not a key outside. How does he get in? Well, you know, if I can unlock the door from my phone, that's, that's tremendously uh, powerful and, and, and gives me a lot of peace of mind. But then there's also um, peace of mind for unwelcome surprises. And Hugh, you were talking earlier about a way to attack using a heater and some other device in the house, so like raise the ambient temperature. And it reminded me of a true story. And another friend of mine who um, also has a cabin, it's in Tahoe. And this was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, no connected devices at all, no connected thermostat. And something went wrong with the thermostat. So even, even non-smart devices have problems. You know, they're not perfect. And the furnace turned on and had been running for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, just full blast because the thermostat was calling for heat. It was broken. And the guy goes up there and not only is it really hot and did it waste a lot of energy, like candles are melted, like all kinds of damage happened just because the temperature did get high enough. I mean, it wasn't high enough to ignite anything, but, but it was high enough to make stuff melt, which is kind of mind blowing, right? And so if you think then about, I, I have connected thermostats, right? And, and they've warned me before, like, hey, you know, your house is either not heating or not cooling the way I expect it to. You might want to check and see if there's something wrong with the, the HVAC system. So I think that this kind of um, situational awareness 
that that we already enjoy in uh, in, in in things like social media apps on on the smartphone, right? These are these are these are programs that like pull our relationships together with other people. Um, what we're really talking about is pulling relationships together between us and and things. And the more that we have come to understand and appreciate the value, the direct value that comes, especially from from peace of mind as well as command and control, uh, w- with the way that we interact with our friends and family, it's very natural that this just expands out to a desire to have that kind of reach and awareness across everything around us. I think. Yeah, I, I think those are those are really great examples, and I think there's so much potential here. And I agree, Joe. I think we're right on the the edge of this exponential growth and this reliance on all of these smart and connected things and and the things that people will be able to do. And like I even think of myself, you know, a few years ago my my mom passed away from, you know, a bad stage of cancer and she had, you know, some fall hazards and, you know, stuff like this, because, you know, the cancer just in the brain, it just it messes you up. And it'd be so nice to be able now to be able to put up a few devices in the house so if she doesn't answer her phone, like you can check and see, has she fallen down somewhere? You know, is she okay? You know, and then when they have two-way talking, be like, okay, mom, are you okay? You know, can you, you know, there's some peace of mind that can come from this, especially when you can't be on premise all of the time. And whether you're just checking on your dog or your cats, you know, (laughs) I will admit I I have a camera that watches the cat's food because sometimes they uh, knock it over. And if we're gone away for the weekend, then I need to ask the neighbor, to come over and, you know, kind of fix the cat's food. And once again, I can just unlock the door from my phone and let them in and they can go down and fix the cat's food and, and then off they go. And so there's, I think there's so much potential uh, for this space and there's going to be so much good. And I think that's the overall message that we want to give is that this is a really exciting time for this hyper-connected world that we live in. And there's going to be so many good things that come out of it. You do need to be mindful of the security and the risk, and hopefully you partner with, you know, vendors and products that, you know, can actually maintain their security. Well, thank you both. Today, we've been talking with Dr. Hugh Thompson and Joe Britt, two of the leaders in this space. Hugh has, you know, is a mathematician, been leading the cybersecurity, cyber warfare space around the world for decades. Joe has been leading innovative technologies, everything from Apple to Web TV to Danger, who made the you know the original Sidekick phone for the for T-Mobile to a Pharaoh. Now, it's been really great to speak with both of you. Thank you for your time and thank you for coming today, Brett. Thanks so much. Great to see you both. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of Smarter Everything. We really love feedback. So please consider taking a moment to send us a comment or a rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you have time and you like this episode, please consider subscribing. We'll see you next time for Smarter Everything.